0: Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. My name's Robbie Angle. I am here with my friend, Lee Rogers. I'm excited. This is gonna be fun, Lee. Hey, Robbie, I'm excited. I'm glad to be here. It's gonna be fun. We get to work together. We're friends. Uh, we're at North Point Community Church. We work with men's groups and married groups, and this podcast is for you, guys who want to be better as men, want to be more fully alive, but also value relationships with others as a catalyst to help you become a better man and become better at life. So you might be in a men's group, a married group. We hope this conversation is helpful for you. And today, we've got a topic that I think is going to be a game changer for a lot of us relationally. There are two things that I think if we do as men, it will help us move from like a C minus to an A, from like a six to a nine in our relational skills. It'll change your relationships with your spouse, with your friends. Two things. I'm setting the bar high. I think it's going to change your life. That's a big
1: setup, Robbie. I'm we,
0: speaking to you, Lee. It's going to change your life. I want my life changed in a better way. Make
1: me better, Robbie. It's going to happen.
0: It. It's going to make you a better friend to me. So really, this whole thing is selfish for me to I teach really you as a friend relationally this. how to be a better friend be with me.
1: Uh, Lee, am I your best friend, would you say? Robbie, I would not say you. Uh, th- you know what? <laughs> it's not. Even, it doesn't even have to get personal like that. But I don't... I don't use the word best friend. Do you use the word best friend in your life at this point? Uh,
0: I have a close friends that in different seasons I'm closer to.
1: When was the last time you had a best friend?
0: Uh, probably like when I think of best friends, I think of Matt Hodges. Like 4th grade. 4th grade. Um, his brother had like Guns and Roses and we'd like listen to it. He was in high school and that was <laughs> way not okay in my house and uh knew his mom, I just like raided his kitchen, and you know is that like you don't knock yeah
1: your family with your best friend's family,
0: yeah, you just ride bikes over there, you spend the whole day, and
1: yeah, yeah. Matt, I thought of the same thing, fourth grade what was a I don't know because I still know a guy that I met in fourth grade, and mm. just like you said, we did everything together, we rode vehicles together, we set fires together mm. we probably may possibly have stole a few things together. I don't know if we did or not.
0: That's incredible. I literally have a visual image right now in my head of me and Matt setting a fire <laughs> in, in in his road, in the curb, just lighting stuff on fire. What yeah. is that? Half the men listening to this are having that same image right now. That's amazing. What's sad is that you're still connected Matt, I'm coming after you. I'm looking you up on Facebook after this. Let's go
1: set a fire. <laughs> Let's go set a fire. I miss you, buddy. I need to set more fires in you my know, life. You know what's crazy about that. If he was your friend now, he should probably keep you from setting fires. The, the roles have changed just a little bit with with friends. I don't know. That sounds
0: that sounds less appealing. <laughs> he, he's not going to be a best friend. So, when I when I think of the friends too, I think of like the guys that come into my head and I think this might be in general is like elementary middle high school even college those friendships relationships are at a next level it feels like it it hits a wall after college and it just like grinds to a halt the the quality and the quantity of friends that you make that last something happens in there
1: Yeah I think that's right because when when you're little kids and your buddies and you're hanging out all the time everybody knows Everything about each other, you know, who, who can run the fastest, you know, who can sp- pee the furthest, you know, you know, <laughs> whose dad is kind of a jerk, you yeah. know, whose family always has cookies in the house, you know, you know, who's, uh, whose um, house you can sleep over at and watch something you shouldn't be able to watch. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Lee. Yeah, that's true. Um,
0: so w- let's figure this out. Let's unpack for a minute. What changes in relationships, uh, what, uh, a friend of ours quoted. Some, I don't know if he quoted a meme or something. He said, "Jesus did a lot of miracles, but the greatest miracle is that he had 12 best friends in his 30s <laughs> or something." <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I don't know why. It, only Jesus. Yeah, only Jesus after college can have 12 hang out all day with 12 buddies.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing because we can't. We we have life to do. We have jobs and different things. I, yeah, I think that's what. That's the biggest game
0: changer is time because I feel like I have more ability to be a good friend or relationship now, but I have less frequency and depth of relationship because time. When you're a kid or in college, I would play Halo for like 12 hours straight with Peter and Ryan and they became great friends because we'd spend hundreds of hours together. And same with elementary school. It's just quantity of time, even though we didn't have skills or intentionality. It happens organically if you do
1: enough reps with somebody. And I think it also becomes um, maybe less safe mm. to either spend too much time with somebody or to go a little deeper with somebody you don't know well. Yeah, it is.
0: It, there's more at risk too, it feels like, yeah. it to, on that safety front and going deeper with somebody that I might not have hundreds of hours of proven trust with because we had
1: reps and they didn't tell when I lit that thing on fire. That's right. You got dirt on them and they got dirt on you, but we don't have that as much with people anymore.
0: A lot of times I think human nature, when something becomes difficult, we diminish the importance of it. So because we lose the ability to have time and and for relationships, then we get into a space where we go, well, guys don't need friends. It's not as important. Pursue your career, pursue these things, pursue hobbies way above the time to invest in relationships It becomes about us, and in doing so, we kind of become passive relationally, and society encourages it, and then our relational skills become dormant because we're not practicing them, and we just get less good at even knowing how to remedy that if we even wanted to have relationships.
1: Right, and so now we're going all in on this idea that relationships are important, and your life is going to be better if you're doing life with other men if you're in groups with other men, and we need the skills to get back to that place.
0: I've got the skills for you, Lee. We need those skills. These two skills. I'm telling you, I'm so excited. So, But I, I don't want to go there yet. First, I think we have to understand a little bit about the DNA of relationships, aside from just the time. I want to talk about two foundational components of relationships, We're going to nerd out for a, a minute here and talk about two building blocks or keys to relationships. And I think those keys are connection and communication, how you connect and how you communicate. And I think those are different. And we have to understand those two things in order to know how to take a step away from Passivity in relationships and towards thriving and being
1: skilled in relationships. That sounds like serious counselor talk. <laughs> well, can, can you bring it down to real man talk? All
0: right. So, connection and communication. What does connection look like? Connection um, is the level and the degree of how we feel connected. You can connect with somebody intellectually, you can feel a connection through a shared experience. Uh, and there's different degrees of connection through shared experience. If you go through something traumatic, there's a bonding component through that shared experience, more so than if you uh, ride a subway next to a person. You have yeah. a shared experience, but it's not worth much. Right. Uh, but the primary component of connection or one of the greatest tools that we have to build connection with somebody else is through sharing emotions and through trusting somebody with something that is, might be vulnerable, because it takes trust to share something that might put me at risk, or that might be dangerous, or might have something that I might lose if I share, like a feeling or an emotion, uh, that is being vulnerable to an attack. And that takes trust to not either ignore me and not care about me, if they don't respond, or to respond in a judgmental way. And the greatest thing that that typically uh, points to is emotion, feelings, um, experiences, good or bad. That's trusting you with more than just like an intellectual or an understanding of me. It's knowing
1: me. And yeah, that that's takes good. Trust. that takes trust. That actually explains a little better to me why an experience of sitting next to somebody on a subway is so much different than sharing an experience of a traumatic event. If, if we're in the tsunami together, then I'm seeing you at a high emotional situation. You're seeing me at my, maybe my best and worst and freaking out and fear and all of these sort of things. All of a sudden we share a bond of, deep emotion from shared experience. And the, sh- the experience piece is harder to systematize.
0: We don't all want to go go through trauma to make some friends. Right. But we want to connect with people. So the best way to connect with people, aside from, I think, like a traumatic shared experience is through sharing emotions and being vulnerable. That's feelings, that's emotions, and that takes trust. So that, that exchange uh, is more valuable. That's like a $10 deposit into relational connection. A $1 deposit is hey, do you know the Gators beat LSU last right. weekend in football? That's no, a that's an that. intellectual uh exchange of information that's not worth much in our connection. But if I go, "Man, I'm a little worn out. This was a hard week at work." That is an example of being a little vulnerable because I'm sharing emotion that if you don't respond to that, that says, I don't care about you, Robbie. So it's a little risky for me to trust you with an emotion. But if you respond that way of going, dude, tell me more about that. I'm sorry to hear
1: that. Then we bonded. Honestly, I'm excited to hear the tip that you're going to give us to make us a little better at this because it's still, it still sounds a little scary. And I bet I'm not the only guy who's feeling that right now. <laughs> so So what's next? Take us to communication. So communication is... Uh, more a descriptor
0: of the primary um, it's talking, right interchange. It's talking. that's right. That's how you build connections in a big way. You could do share experience emotion, all that stuff. But talking is just how do you communicate? How do you um, interact with somebody else using words to either move you towards better relationship or not help you move towards better relationship? And there's a skill and a practice involved with being a good communicator versus a bad communicator, and it has to do with listening. That's the foundational component to communication because in communication, it's I'm sharing something, you hear me, and then you give stuff back, and that's healthy communication.
1: I think I have a tendency to think that communication is just transfer of information. That's right. I, I've said a lot of words to you, so I'm a great communicator.
0: That's one way, that's not one two way. way. Two way is communication. One way is transfer of Information, which I do really well. I can talk at you. Yeah, it makes me think of college. I was in college, hanging out with my sister, who's a couple years older. Ashley, you're an amazing sister. And we were driving. We have a good relationship. And she was like, "Yeah." Out of the, blue. it felt like out of the blue. She's like, "Yeah, you're you're mediocre at listening." And I was <laughs> like, "What in the world do you mean?" I feel like I'm a great listener. Uh, any
1: descriptor that starts with mediocre yeah. is gonna. Pique your attention.
0: Yeah, she she was like, yeah, you're okay. I mean, you're better than most guys, but, and obviously I listened enough, Ashley, because it's still very close to the surface. Well, and and obviously she
1: communicated something very well because you're still talking about it. That's right. Only because
0: I listen, Lee. That's the (laughs) point. So we're going to unpack two very practical things to get handles on these foundational building blocks of relationships, and it's going to change your life. But what else is going to change your life is
1: in a little section we like to call Man Hacks. All right, you guys. This is another, from me, it's another like an oldie with a bonus twist. So here's the deal. like A lot of us know that when you're setting up a new account, you're doing something on an app, social media or whatever, we, we try to remember our passwords and our username and all that. So very often, any of us will take a screenshot on our phone or a picture of our computer so that we can just reference it back really quick. But if you're like me, you have thousands of pictures of everything in the world, and you can never find that password again. So this is the easiest trick in the entire world that I just learned from my friend John Cox that is changing my life. When you take that picture or that screenshot, just click on the little heart at the bottom of the picture and it puts it right in your favorites folder in your favorites album. That way, When you want to remember a password, a username, whatever, you should go to your favorites. They're all right there. Easiest thing in the entire world. So if any listener wants to hack into all of your accounts, we (laughs) just get your
0: phone, look under favorites. And And let's be
1: real. 99% (laughs) of them have the same password anyway.
0: (laughs) There's about $25 in those accounts. Everybody go. That's right. (laughs) uh... All right, Robbie, what you got for us today? (laughs) All right, here's what I've got. We had a bunch of kids over to our house last Friday night and... I was out with my potato gun, my spud gun, whatever you call it, and I had this great idea. The potatoes in there in the tube, and we were cooking some more, so I was telling my buddy, hey, send me up some of those Hershey's. So I stick five or six things of Hershey's on top of the potato. I say, hey, kids, run down to the field. I shoot the potato gun, and it just rains Hershey's. The kids are <laughs> screaming. It's like a redneck pinata. It's a
1: redneck it's, something. It's the
0: best idea I've had in a long time. So if you want to entertain your kids for – hours at a really cheap cost and be like the coolest party trick google figure out how to build a spud gun a potato gun put the potato in there stick a bunch of candy on top and you got a pinata and kids you're talking it.
1: about a potato gun like some pieces of pvc pipe
0: and yep. yeah. my favorite is a 15 inch three inch diameter tube yep. connected to like a four foot inch and a half pvc barrel with a lighter that you get for a grill lighter to, yep. to light it and use right guard. That's the best igniter That's that I the found. best to ignite.
1: Yep. Yeah. Got you're,
0: you're welcome guys. That's going to change your life. You're going to be shooting s'mores at your kids in no time. Get ready.
1: And that wraps up our section. We like to call <laughs> man hacks. Okay. Robbie, you said that we need connection and communication, that these are foundational. These are key to better relationships Give us the two things that are, that are going to help us do that. All right, here's the first tip.
0: It's to be the first to trust. Just remember this. The first tip is to be the first to trust, and here's why. So connection is a critical foundational component of relationships. How do you connect? That's that. That's a huge building block of relationship. And what's crucial to connection is vulnerability. So to connect... If I'm vulnerable, that's a key component to us connecting. And vulnerability takes trust. So if you are the first to trust, then you open the door for us to share emotion, share feelings without harming each other. And that leads to a connection
1: that accelerates relationships. So to simplify in my head, if I want to be great at connection... I'm going to be the first guy to trust. I'm going to be the first guy to risk sharing. What am I trusting? Yep, I
0: am trusting you with something that is beneath the surface of me. Surface is, hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Surface is, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I watched the Gators. That that has nothing to do with me. What has to do with me is just beneath the surface, which is typically a feeling, an emotion. When I share feelings and emotion, I'm vulnerable because you're, I'm letting you know me, and I am the first to trust to break through that barrier into phase two or a deeper connection and relationship.
1: Yeah. So what I'm thinking about is eventually we're you know, if we're in proximity, if we become if we have a relationship in any way, we're going to connect a little deeper at some point. But we what you're saying, what I'm hearing is that if I want to be an A-plus connector, then I'm the first. That's right, which takes courage. I I think about soccer right now. I
0: spend a lot of times on the sidelines watching my little kids play soccer, and I'm sitting next to other adults for 45 minutes, and the extent of our connection is, hey, how you doing, what's up? And then if it's really like... Oh, what do you do? My name's Robbie. I actually introduce myself and then you talk about what you do. Right. That still doesn't foster connection. It's when this guy, and this is a true story, a couple of weeks ago, we did the normal pleasantries, uh, which is what we're used to in our society of avoiding connection sure. with other people. We did the pleasantries and I think I asked him something like, um, Hey, how was your week? And he goes, It was a little hard, man. I, it, it, I'm glad it's coming up to the weekend and he trusted me with that. He trusted
1: first, yeah. He shared he something put it out he there.
0: had the he communicated a feeling or emotion and then he broke the ice. So it was way easier for me to go, "Oh, tell me more about that. What what do you mean?" And we look forward to talking every time because he had the courage to be the first to trust.
1: Yeah, he just he took you 10 miles further down the road by being the first to trust. That's right. So as you a meet condition.
0: people, if that's in the back of your head, you be the one to have the courage to trust somebody with something beyond the normalcy of, hey, I'm fine. You're fine. We're all fine. It's good.
1: Yeah. It seems seems risky, but simple and and doable, easy. So what is the tip for communication?
0: All right. Here's the second tip to help you move from a C minus to back, an A. Sit back, seatbelt on. Here's the second tip. The second tip is is to ask a second question. There's a first question and a second question, a primary question and a follow-up question. Ask the second question. So let me unpack this for a minute. Communication, we primarily use words to communicate with other people. And listening is a key to effective communication. Because as you said, communication is not a one-way deal. Communication is a two-way deal between two people. I say something, you say something back. Now, if you listened, then we actually communicate. If I right. say something and you say something back completely disconnected, we're not, you're not listening. We're not really communicating and exchanging ideas using words. So listening is a key to
1: that. So maybe the example there in my head is your your friend dad at the soccer practice says, actually, it was kind of a hard week. And you say, how about them Braves? Did you see the game? That's right. I, I, the first question to him is,
0: Hey, how was your week? A lot of us go ahead and start thinking about our next question and we're not listening. We ask a first question and the person replies and then we say something, do something, ask something that's completely disconnected. That is not effective communication because we didn't listen. You have to listen in order to ask the second question. So if I'm thinking follow-up question to the first question, that's the second question, then I have to actually listen to you. And so...
1: Yeah, So this guy puts it out there. He says, actually, it's kind of a hard week. What do you say?
0: I say, tell me more. Tell me more. Or I say back, it was a hard week. I just reflect to him what he just said. Right. And that says, tell me more, but it's a different way of listening and asking that second question. Yeah,
1: it seems like it sort of opens the door to acknowledge some feeling he's experiencing. That's right. And that, if we think... I'm going
0: to ask a second question. When we think about this second question to become better at relationships, when we're in conversation with our spouse, with our friend, it forces us to be better listeners in a bilateral using words to actually communicate and connect with other people as a result of that. So I'll model it. So I come to you and I say, and I'm going to do a good first question. There's good first questions and bad first. a bad first question is like, hey, what's up? That's a first (laughs) question, but a little bit more intentional. My to be answer like,
1: is sup. Right back right, to you.
0: That's right. And so a, a a good first question might be something like, um, tell me how it's been raising an adolescent
1: lately, Lee. That's a really good question. I I feel a little lost there sometimes. <laughs> it, it feels lost. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Great. Next question, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> but so in, in modeling that, if, if, if I would have asked you, I got to be honest, I, I honestly felt like telling you more right there. I knew we were doing the exercise, <laughs> but I wanted to get into it.
0: Hey, that's good. And, and that's a heavy first question that yeah. doesn't work next to the soccer field. But, you right. know, guys know what I'm saying. But if I would have stopped, if I would have gone, hey, tell me what it's like to uh, raise an adolescent and then you start sharing something and then I go, hey, did you see the Gator game last week, too?
1: Right. That's a killer.
0: It's a killer. And that's what we do all the time because we're thinking about the next question. We're not listening. If I am forced to ask the second question, the follow-up question, not another first question, but the second question, then I'm listening enough to what you're saying. So even though you tried to dismiss it and go, yeah. oh, yeah, it's hard. I go, It's it's hard. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, that's good. The, the other thing that occurs to me that might be a killer in that type of situation is if instead of the... Tell me more and the posture of listening. If you stepped into, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. Once you get into it, oh, that's you'll right. be fine.
0: If I move to telling instead of being curious enough that shared, shared I had to listen. That's right. Right. So that's it, guys. You do those two things, and I think it will be a game changer for us as men. And these two things are going to be hard, too. Let me just encourage you guys to be the first to trust, and to ask the second question. It's unnatural. It's difficult. It's going to take a little vulnerability. It's going to take some discipline and intentionality, but the result will be so much more life-giving than the cost of it because you will break through. You'll set a foundation of a trusting, safe environment where you're then actually able to have healthy communication and listening with somebody else to accelerate a relationship where you'll feel more known, you'll feel more loved with your spouse, with other guys, with friends, with your kids. This is so worth it, and uh, God has designed us in relationship to experience Him, to experience love. For that to be a key component to how we grow and we thrive and we experience full life, we got to know how to do that. And this is worth every ounce of the work and the effort and the intentionality it's going to take those things. And it's going to take courage, but I think we can do it. And the payoff is just so life-giving. And speaking about better, I am always feeling like I'm better after I get this last couple minutes, which is just wisdom from a friend of ours, John Woodall. This is a section that we like to call Wisdom from the Woods.
2: Several years ago, my wife and I attended a leadership conference called leadership evaluation and development and one of the assignments that we had to do before the conference was to do our life map don't know if you've ever done a life map but it's real simple you draw a horizontal line and you just put your age at five year increments and then on your vertical line on the left side of the page you have plus five plus ten minus five minus ten and Debbie and I had to do that in preparation for the conference. And as we put our story together, according to the life map, we noticed that we had several minus 10 experiences. Now, since 2001, I've had the privilege of seeing and listening to hundreds of people's life maps and stories. And here's what I've noticed, that If you do a life map, as I just described, with the high points, the low points, you put a value to it. Every single minus 10 on your life map, you will have a minus 10 based on one of three things. One, something that you did to somebody else. Secondly, what somebody did to you. Or thirdly, what God permitted. When you think back when you look back on your story and you you think of those really low points, uh, would you agree with me that it's something that you did to somebody somebody did to you or something that God permitted? When you think about your story and you think about those low points in your story, if it's something that you did, To somebody else, it requires a simple confession, certainly a confession to God and maybe to the other person that you know that you hurt, that you violated, that you wounded. That person that may be coming to your mind, they may need a confession and an apology from you. If the other minus 10 is something that somebody did to you, somebody stole something from you. Uh, You did not get what you thought you deserved from that person, or you got something that you thought you did not deserve. That does not require a confession. That requires you and me to grant forgiveness to that person. And thirdly, if you see uh, minus 10 in your story, that it's something that God permitted. For example, you might have had a mother or father that died of cancer or some natural cause like that. You didn't do it. Somebody else didn't do this to you, but God permitted what he could have prevented. That does not require confession. It does not require forgiveness. It requires you and me giving thanks, expressing our trust to God that he is in control, even of that kind of loss. So when you think about your story, the high points and the low points, uh, take some time to think about that, offer confession where needed, forgiveness forgiveness to that person that comes and give thanks for the things that God has permitted that he could have prevented. Think about that.
0: Lee, this was a ton of fun connection and communication are keys to relationships. The two tricks to move the ball and become a better listener, a better communicator, a better connector, a better relationship guy is to be the first to trust and to ask the second question hope that helps this was a ton of fun lee i hope you have a great week i hope you have a great week
1: and i hope you reach out to your fourth grade best friend
0: matt i'm coming
1: see you guys (laughs)